Welcome into another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier, and we are here to talk more Nashville area high school sports. Tyler, hard to believe, but the spring sports are uh, coming to tournament time now, and some teams are going to be eliminated as soon as this week. I believe even today there's going to be some teams eliminated. So uh, season's running out, but it's about to get pretty interesting here down the stretch. Yeah, Absolutely. So we've got a couple of coaches today uh, joining the show that are hoping to have long stays there in the postseason. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Lipscomb Academy coach Brad Kuhn. His team's uh, out to a 20-8 and record and has a bye for the first round of the Division II AA Middle Region Tournament. And then later on, we will catch up with Nolansville softball coach Luke Patton. His team is 28-11 and heading into their district tournament. Before we get to those interviews, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and welcome in Brad now. He's going to join us by phone. Uh, Brad, thanks for being here with us today. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. You bet. And uh, so, so, Brad, your team has, like I said, earned that top seed for the Middle Region Tournament. Uh, so you guys don't have to sweat out the, the three-game series that uh, everyone else is sweating it out over these next couple of days uh, facing elimination. How big was that for you guys to sort of be able to rest your, your pitchers and everything, given that, uh, you know, the road to and and during the state tournament can be pretty tough and pretty taxing um, on, on any squad? Oh, it's, it's extremely important. It's uh, one of the top goals you talk about with your team in the beginning of the season and throughout the season. That's kind of the, the dangling carrot that you're chasing after is uh, – not have to sweat out, like you said, these three-game series. We had to play in it last year, and, and uh, you know, with our league being so tough, you know, you've got to run the gauntlet every week in and out. Anybody can beat anybody on, on any given day, which is why getting that by is so extremely important. Yeah, Brad, yeah, there were some good games last night. I believe, uh, Russell, you were at NBA BA. Didn't BA win? Yeah, they did. Don Marco yeah. had a no hitter into the fifth inning, and uh, they won one nothing over Christian yeah. Lim. Yeah, so, so just kind of those, yeah, those series. You just never know. You're right, um, Brad. With the seems like we've been talking about the group of seniors you've got right now forever, because you guys liked them a lot when they were just freshmen and sophomores. How now that it's all kind of come to fruition? How have the, how has this group been in terms of leadership? Uh, that's that's probably the key driving factor in our success this year is the is the strength of our seniors and I think a lot of teams would have would say similar things it's really go as far as, as your seniors take it you know experience with you mix experience with high level baseball players passionate players guys that are selfless you know playing for the team first is what it's all about and that's what those guys you know we have six seniors and that's what they're all about which is great to have and Brad, you've pretty much been a baseball coach ever since your playing days ended, um, I guess about 10 years ago now. First, you were an assistant at Lipscomb University under Coach Jeff Forehand over there, and now you spent the last five seasons at Lipscomb Academy as, as the head guy. What made you want to get into coaching, and has it been kind of everything that you had hoped it to be or expected expected it to be when, when you signed up to do it? Uh, that's a great question. You know, when you're, when you're playing ball your whole life, and I was in my, I think, eighth or ninth season, and I was a career minor leaguer. I played I drafted by the Angels, and I played up in the AAA two years with them. And then you become a minor league free agent, and Mike Trout's coming behind me. He was a pretty good player. He plays my position. So I got a chance to bounce around some different organizations and, uh, and wear the jersey for a long time. It came to a point where I was in my last year of professional baseball, and I went to major league camp with the Tampa Bay Rays. 
and then I was assigned to double A and I was 30 years old, oldest guy in the team, fully understand my role. Um, and toward the end of the season, dealing with a couple injuries here and there, I became, I was like the fourth outfitter. So I'd play, I was a left-handed hitter. So I'd play against righties, you know, sit a game here or there and just, you know, that, that was that was my role for that that part particular part of the season. And we had some guys coming up, Kevin Kiermeyer uh, coming up, a guy named Hawk Julie, who was a huge top prospect. And I remember sitting on the bench and being the old guy who's got a thousand minor league games under his belt and watching these young kids that are 21, 22 year old superstar prospects and helping them through their progressions and their at bats and maybe some tips in the outfield uh, became more it became uh, the effects of that. I was more excited for that than I was actually playing myself, which at that point in my career, you know, you help a kid through his at bat and he hits a double and he points in the dugout and looks at you and you know that you helped him through some stuff. That gratifying feeling was when I was like, man, I know this is what I'm meant to do. I want to be a coach when this is over. Uh, so that was kind of that little defining moment where, you know, as a ball player, you don't know what you want to do. You think you're going to play ball forever. I had a couple of those little moments like that that really, really showed me a little God wink that uh, this is what I was meant to do. Brad, that's uh, <clears throat> that's very uh, Kevin Costner and Bull Durham esque there with you uh, mentoring the the minor league uh, rookies or or less experienced guys, what have you. Uh, it's pretty interesting. You kind of, how you kind of filled that that same role there. Uh, kind of going back to your guys. Georgia Tech signee uh, Miller Green, obviously, he's going to ha- likely have a chance to play pro ball at some point. He's got such a good left arm. He's batting uh, what, almost four forty-five at last check. What what is his best skill or his best tool, either as a hitter or a pitcher? Man, I get this question asked all the time. All the all the professional scouts uh, when they're coming by and they're calling to, to evaluate. You know, on any given day, I would have a different answer. You know, I've been around the kids since he was in seventh, eighth grade. I used to give him lessons when he was a kid. So I've known Miller and his family for a long time. And while they're both extremely high-level skills, I think the arm is what is going to help him in the long run. I just think a six-foot-six frame, left-handed, ultra-competitive with feel for off-speed pitches, uh, you know, the velocities at 87 to 90, 92, that's going to climb. So I think ultimately his ceiling, literally and figuratively, is going to be on the ball. And another guy along with Miller that really makes your team go is Tennessee signee Hunter High. He's been awesome this year, hitting uh, about 420 from the leadoff spot with 35 runs and 35 RBIs. How does his energy sort of rub off on the rest of the team and, and get you guys going on a, on a game-by-game basis? You know, having a guy like Hunter on your team really takes – a ton of pressure off of me because, you know, on the coaches, because he, he runs the team. And I mean that in a the ultra complimentary way where it's their team. You know, as long as I'm a coach, I'm going to have a player led team, but to have that, you got to have those guys like a hunter that are able to lead a team. You can't just have a player led team with nobody wants to lead. Uh, so having him, having the spark at the lineup, just the hard nose, you know, Pete Rose style player diving, hustling, Trying to take extra bases uh, is exactly what Hunter's about. Granted, yes, he's the best hitter. His hand-eye coordination is elite. His plate, his plate discipline is elite, in my opinion. Uh, when you put all that with the intangibles that he brings from energy, uh, IQ, baseball IQ, he's he learns. He's not just out here playing. He plays the chess game within the game, which is what what's going to set him apart 
not only right now, but when he goes to Tennessee and who knows how far he goes. Yeah, another guy, Bryant Loving, he's had such a nice senior season, Brad, uh, hitting around 410, 34 RBIs, uh, at least uh, recently. Our, what's his situation recruiting-wise? Is, is he uncommitted? Are schools uh, starting to call him? I mean, does he want to play at college? I mean, what's, uh, what's kind of the update on, on what he might do next? Uh, well, you know, actually, he's, he's signed to play football at Tennessee State. So oh, okay. Okay. Uh, when he when he got when he got here this year, you know, he came from a small a small town Alabama where he was the three sport superstar and everything. Comes over here his senior year, obviously plays a huge role in the football team as strong safety. Takes off his football cleats, puts on his Jays, and he's the sixth man getting serious minutes, a prime contributor to our basketball program. Takes off the Jays, puts on his baseball spikes, and he fits right in. I mean, he's just a He's an incredible athlete that whatever he chooses, if it wasn't football, he can absolutely play college baseball. You know, that kid's one of those rare scenarios where he has the choice of almost what he wants to play. And sometimes that can be confusing because for so long you love all three and you do all three at a high level. It's just to come to what do you ultimately want to do at the next level and what do you ultimately love? What is your first love? So uh that's something that he's he's working through, but you know he's signed to play football at TSU, and that's where he's at right now. I'm always blown away by those kids that can just do everything and seemingly without a break. Pretty phenomenal stuff, but right. uh, yeah, especially at th- at this level, at this level of you know of, of where we're at, in the highest level of private school division two around here, that's not normal. You don't see the three sport athlete uh, very rarely anymore, especially one that's able to do all three at an elite level like he does so it's pretty rare and it's it's been a huge blessing that he came here that he wanted to see what he was really made of go to a bigger place uh, with more challenges and he's he stepped up to the plate without a doubt you guys got back in the state finals uh you know last year state runners up uh first time there since 2011 what has it been like getting uh Lipscomb back uh, on track getting the program back going to where it's competitive every year um you know, obviously that's a huge goal. And anytime you take a, a new job and you have a vision for a program, but, you know, to say to get them back on top, I don't think, you know, every, every program for the most part, is you're going to have slight ups and downs. And I mean, coach Smith laid a legacy here for, you know, 40 years of, of Lipscomb being, being on top, you know, so he, the foundation that he built, it wasn't extremely difficult to get it back to where it is because the foundation was so strong. So that's a huge compliment to him and what those, uh, what the alumni did, what, what all of his past players have done to help us. So it's uh, more of a, just trying to get it back when like you said where it belongs right at the top. Um, so it's, it's been pretty great to, to see the reaction of everybody, alumni, everybody's back. Coach Smith comes to all the games and it's been a great atmosphere out here. So you can tell it's, it's been, it's been great as a whole. And uh, Ernie's name, obviously, on that outfield wall. Um, I believe last time we spoke, you guys said that soon, uh, or in the near future, the artificial turf is coming for Lipscomb Academy Baseball, I believe, and your job as the head groundskeeper will be done. Your watch will be over, so to speak. Uh, maybe maybe you can use this opportunity to tell people, what's something that, that people don't know about growing all of that grass and obviously all the other things that come with it when you're, when you're talking about a baseball field? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm no different than any any passionate baseball coach. This is our thing. You know, the baseball field is, is your safe haven. It's what's it represents you. It represents your program. 
you know, so I guess what people don't know is that it doesn't just poof come out like that. You know, a lot of people don't really realize that, oh yeah, you, you show up after, you know, show up about one o'clock, drag the field ready to play. Like I drop my kids off at school at eight o'clock and on a game day, you know, by eight 30, you're starting the process and it takes all of the entire day to get, you know, eight 30 to about one thirty, two o'clock for the whole process on a game day, every single day to get it right. You know, it's just how much pride you take into it can, uh, can kind of tell you how, how much work, you know, how, how long it's going to take you. But for me and our coaches and our players, we want, I want to play on a great field. I want it to be what we're talked about. I want it to be a, a, a known thing in the city that this place is awesome. Uh, so it, it's, it's a long process from edging and mowing, uh, the dirt work, the mound, the plate, and it's not just me. You know, I have several coaches that you know, come out here around their regular jobs and, and want to you know, take as much pride in it as I do. So it's, it's a team effort for sure, but it, it takes a lot of work on a day-to-day basis, that's for sure. Well, sounds like some free time will be coming in your future soon, Brad, so that'll, that'll be nice, and uh, best of luck this weekend <laughs> in that uh, Middle Region Tournament. Hey, thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me. And thanks for what you do for the, the coverage of all the sports and particularly baseball, but all of them. I know we're all very appreciative. You bet, Brad. Thanks. Absolutely. Happy to do it. That has been the Lipscomb Academy baseball coach, Brad Kuhn. We will go to commercial now and then uh, come back with Nolensville softball coach, Luke Patton. So stick around for that conversation. in Music City just hits different. It's one big honky-tonk party. It's the sea of gold in the crowd. The goals, the saves, the celebrations. It's an experience like no other. Don't miss a minute of the action this season. Visit NashvillePredators.com slash tickets to get your seats today. That's NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. And we'll see you at Brimstone Arena. You've been putting back a few. And a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. Good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm gonna hang out, okay? It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. back with more on main street preps this week and we are joined now by nolensville softball coach luke Patton. luke how you doing today 
I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Great, Luke. We're great. Thanks. Thanks for being here. And uh, Luke, I, I know a lot of times teams, you know, maybe around spring break, go go to some sort of out of state trip, maybe to Florida or something like that. You guys just went on an out of state trip this past weekend to close the regular season in Illinois. Lost a couple tough games there, but you did close with a win. Uh, I'm I'm curious, kind of what the thinking was behind that trip, and maybe how you how you think those games are going to help prepare your team for the postseason. Yeah, well, I taught and coached at Belleville East High School in Illinois for 17 years before we moved to Nolensville. Uh, so I still have a great relationship with a lot of the folks there. And uh, that's where I was uh, kind of learned the game of softball. I was a baseball coach um, all through that time. In about 2010 or 2009, I became a softball coach. And the coaching staff at Belleville East um, really taught me the game. Uh, some really good coaches, uh, college players and um, they came down to play us last year, the same weekend. And so we returned the favor and went up to play them. Uh, got a chance to see my parents. They still live in Belleville, my in-laws. Um, so that was really neat. We got to play Carterville on our way up there on Friday. Carterville is a multiple state champion, uh, at the class two, a level in Illinois. And then we played Belleville East on Saturday, who's a multiple state champion at the four, a level. And then we played another four, a school in Mount Vernon. So, it was just an opportunity to get away. Uh, this time of year, we're kind of used to seeing the same teams over and over because we're playing district games and playing middle Tennessee teams. So uh, it was just a neat time for us to get away and do something a little different, play some really quality opponents that we never see. Um, and so that was good. It was a good bonding experience for us. Uh, we got to stay at my mother-in-law's house uh, overnight. So we just, we just spent throughout our air mattresses in the game room. The girls did and, uh, I think they had a great time, and and hopefully it just it just helps us in the postseason to uh, handle adversity, handle different situations. So it was a good trip. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's a lot of fun to be able to go home and also sort of bring take your players some someplace different. Um, it seems Absolutely. like Luke it, in in spring sports, softball kind of just brings the most crowd energy. I don't I don't want to completely give the trophy over to them but it's certainly if not the most a ton of energy in the spring sports scene what makes a softball tournament scenario so electric in your opinion yeah softball is just a lot of fun i mean the game is uh the you know the dimensions are smaller the game is quicker uh decisions have to be made faster uh the benches cheer louder uh there's just a more intense level to it that's just a lot of fun i really enjoyed my transition from uh, baseball to softball, gosh, 15, 14, 15 years ago, and uh, just really immediately took to the game and really appreciated um, the different nuances to it. Um, it's just really exciting. And, and you, you just watch college softball on TV. They're always cheering and dancing and singing, and uh, the game's happening so fast and things have to happen so quickly. It uh, just brings a lot of excitement, especially this time of year. So Western Kentucky signee Rylan Smith is, I'm sure, a big reason a lot of people like to come out and see see your game. She's continued to get better and better every year. Uh, she's at a 0. 0.82 uh, 0. 0.82 ERA right now. You can't be a whole lot better than that. How has she been able to keep you know evolving uh, yeah. her game every year uh, and kind of staying one step ahead of, of the opposing batters? Yeah, she really uh, is a hard worker, first of all. I mean, uh, the talent is obvious, but the only reason she's able to uh, demonstrate that talent on such a consistent basis is her hard work. Um, she, you know, doing her pitching lessons. Uh, she works with our pitching coach, uh, McCarley Thomas, who was a pitcher at Lipscomb uh, a few years back. Uh, she works with her all during the season at the school. 
Um, she worked with other people on her summer team. She's been up to Western Kentucky um, for clinics and camps there. So uh, she is a hard worker. And I, I think people sometimes overlook that when they see a really talented player. There's usually a lot of hard work that goes behind that. And she's just been able to every year kind of refine her skills, um, working on different pitches. And um, most of her games this year, she's been able to spot and locate and use multiple pitches. And that's what really helps keep hitters off balance. Um, when she was younger, freshman year, I and mean, she only pitched a few games because it was the, the lockdown year. But freshman year and sophomore year, sometimes in a game you'd have to rely on one pitch. And now here in her senior year, I mean, she'll throw three, four pitches at you in any count and can spot those pitches and just has a ton of spin. So that's what keeps her a little step ahead of a lot of the hitters. And a hitter for you guys, Luke, J.C. Bilbrey has a team high 40 hits. She's batting 400. Did you see that kind of season from her in her mm -hmm. sophomore year? Yeah, really. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. She she started every game as a freshman in center field. She batted leadoff all year last year. She hit in the high 300s as a freshman. She had a little bit of a sophomore slump at the start of the season offensively. I think if you look at her numbers, like the second half of the year, she's hitting closer to 500. Uh, the second half, the first half was maybe closer to 300. So, um, yeah, we really need her to set the table for us. She brings a ton of energy. Uh, she's great in the leadoff spot, too, because she, she was willing to take a lot of pitches. So she gets up there in that first at bat, and if it's not a perfect pitch in that first pitch, she's very comfortable taking that, working deep into counts. And I think when she gets behind in the count, she gets even more fired up and more competitive. Um, so she's been a great table setter for us, getting on base, stealing bases, and then she plays great center field as well. Going back to Ryland for just a moment, you know, her strikeout rate is phenomenal. And you touched on how she mixes up those multiple pitches to kind of keep hitters off balance. But she recently went over 300 strikeouts for her career, something not many people are able to do. Um, can it be kind of demoralizing for opponents when maybe she's racking up 10, 15 strikeouts in a game? Does that get the other team down a little bit? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that, and that's, I mean, we've all been, those of us play baseball and soft, and coach softball know what that feels like when another team's pitcher is just, uh, they just have their stuff that day. When she's dealing, most of the hitters come up there and just know that they don't really have a chance unless she makes a mistake. Um, you know, we, we just had games like that where it's just pretty special to watch. And sometimes you just have to sit back and appreciate uh, what you're seeing and what you're witnessing when she has those games where she strikes out 15, 17, 18 batters um, in six or seven innings. It's just, it's really neat to see. And, um, I know the kids, her teammates really feed off of her energy as well. And for you guys offensively, if I'm counting it up right, 19 home runs as a team for your often, offense with Sydney Dickinson. She's got seven. And Addie liked these five. Uh, those are your leaders there. What, what's special about those two in the lineup um, specifically, Luke? Yeah, well, I think Sydney's up to 11. Um, oh, is she? She okay. had another one this weekend. Yeah, I think she's up to 11 total, uh, which is our school record uh, that she set this year. Uh, she's batting third right now. Unfortunately, uh, Addie was injured. So those five home runs are from early in the season. Uh, so she would she hurt her shoulder and what hasn't been able to play for a little while. Um, but having having Sydney in the middle of our order, it's just uh, she's a great hitter. She puts the ball in play. When she's behind in the count, she doesn't try to overdo it. Um, I know in district games this year, I think she's hitting uh, at or a little above 500. 
Uh, I think six of her home runs were in district play. So she comes up big for us in big moments. Um, hit a really big three-run homer for us uh, in our last district game. So um, she's a really good hitter. She's got a really good eye, <clears throat> excuse me, and a ton of power. And speaking of the district, you guys do have some pretty tough uh, opponents there in, in your league. What do you make of the way the district tournament sets up, and do you, do you feel like your team's in a, a pretty good spot to, to try to win that? Uh, this district is really good. There's a lot of good talent, uh, top to bottom. Um, and really, I think it's anybody's ball game. I mean, we obviously being the number one seed helps, but at this time of year, everybody's O and O. It doesn't really matter. Uh, everybody's played us tough. Uh, Indy's played us tough. Columbia Central's played us tough. Summit's played us tough. Um, so we're not taking anything for granted. For us, the most important game is the next game. And for us, that's on Friday, and we just got to be focused on that one. Because uh, I think any of the teams can can advance the region, and we just hope we're one of them. Yeah, Luke, um, I kind of want to go back to what you touched on earlier with uh, Addy's injury. What Did that have any effect on the offense? Or, you know, I mean, how did your team kind of come back from that? Obviously a key piece, somebody thought was going to be a key hitter all through the year. How did – what's the response been like um, after she went yeah, out? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean – Early in the season, we, we kind of offensively, the whole team was kind of in a slump to start the year. Uh, and then Addie really started heating up uh, in the middle of our order, and that kind of got everybody going. And then when she was initially injured and we lost her, there was a couple games there of transition where the, uh, the girls were maybe trying to feel things out. They were in a different spot in the order, and you know, everybody kind of moved up a spot. Uh, that was a new, uh, a new experience for them. But I think really over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of settled in to their spot in the lineup, what their job is, what they need to do to get things done for us to score runs. And I think they've really responded well. Uh, Addie's a great teammate. She, she shows up to every practice and every game and cheers the girls on. And um, we totally miss her. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, in sports, it's kind of that next man up has to come in and step in. And, and some of our girls have done a really good job of uh, kind of taking the mantle and doing uh, different things that they need to do to get us uh, runs and to get us wins. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, one more thing, uh, Luke, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. What's uh, you've got, what's one softball rule you could change if you were allowed to high school softball rule. We'll call it Tennessee high school softball. If you'd like. Wow. A Tennessee high. That's a good question. Or it could be whatever rule, you know, whatever, any softball rule you would like to cha see changed. Well, one of the rules that I'm glad they changed was the uh, jewelry rule. Cause I was tired of fighting that. Because they see the college girls uh, <laughs> on TV every year in the College World Series with all the jewelry on, uh, <laughs> so that is that is certainly one of them uh, that I'm glad they did yes. change. What were the girls want um, to wear? Really what was it? Necklace or? Oh yeah, necklaces, earrings. They all just, yeah, all the college girls on the College World Series were all decked out, and the girls were like, why can't we be decked out? So uh, it's nice to not have to fight that anymore. Um, yeah, some of the some of the rules uh, in softball that are a little that are a little quirky deal with the with the uh, the circle, and just just confusion about you know when a runner can advance, when they can't advance, and uh, I would like to see some clarification on on the circle rule so there's a better understanding of you know when you're allowed to go, when you're not allowed to go, when it's an automatic out, and those kind of things. Well, sounds like no big complaints then. So it sounds like softball is in a good spot here, and uh, glad everybody can wear their their necklaces. Yeah, it's a great sport. It, 
Yeah, it's a great sport. And anybody that hasn't come out to watch it, this is a great time of year to do it. Uh, uh, as fun as it is during the regular season, the district tournament, and then moving on in postseason just brings out even more excitement. Uh, and so I would encourage anybody who hasn't experienced a, a high school softball game, come out and check us out. Sounds good. That's been Luke Patton, Nolensville softball coach. That should be a great district tournament they've got going on. Uh, so go check that out. Looking forward and, to it. Uh, yep. Thanks again, Luke. Thanks, Luke. That's going to do it for today on Main, uh, Main Street Preps this week. On the way out, want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Stay tuned to MainStreetPreps.com throughout the week, and we'll see you next time on Main Street Preps this week. Mm-hmm.